Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Back to Moore, one-timer, what a save! Mike Smith, his first stop, a superlative one. Connor McDavid, peering inside, dishing, CeCe shoots and scores! one nothing at the 10 game 7! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. 30 seconds to go. Lucas Spakovsky inside his own line. Left wing side, Kurczynski. One final attack here from the Thunderbirds. Millich to the bench for the extra attacker. Gooley down low. Absorbs contact. Frees it up. Left wing corner. Sort of high in the air and out to center ice. A bouncing puck into the Seattle zone. Thunderbirds back onto it. Kanashko will whip it up the near side. Dozen seconds left in it. Here comes Seattle's Kurczynski. Left wing side, Davidson leaves it behind. The countdown is on here at Rogers Place. Jake Neighbors with it inside his own zone. He'll roll it back. The horn sounds. The wait is over. The Edmonton Oil Kings sit at their throne once again. They are crowned the 2022 Western Hockey League champions and they are East Coast bound. I love that call. I love that call. The final seconds last night at Rogers Place on oilkings.ca as described by our first guest this evening, the play-by-play voice of the Western Hockey League champion Edmonton Oil Kings, Andrew Peard. Check it in tonight. Andrew, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> doing pretty well. How are you, Reed? Well, I'm doing very well. You sounded great there. You sounded great all season long. And they did it, Andrew. I I know there's still another big tournament coming up, and we will talk about that, but I I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying this moment, and hopefully the players and coaches are going to take a day or two to enjoy it because they were expected to do it, and sometimes those expectations can weigh a team down. But I just think the Oil Kings embraced it, and they went out and did it. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. And for this team, you, met, you you mentioned the expectations that were on them from you know September onwards, and this team did such a good job of of not listening to that outside noise and just focusing on the task at hand. And you know, for for a lot of these guys, I, I think of uh, Carter Such, who's been here for five years, and, and Jake Neighbors, Jalen Leip, and Logan Dalhaniak, Josh Williams, um, to to see those guys and and. and the, the work that they put into this team and organization to, to sort of change the culture over the last number of years to, to have that championship culture within this team, even though not being able to compete for one the last couple of years, to, to see them at the end of the game, the, the jubilation, the happiness, the smiles on their face, um, that, that was worth the, the price of admission for myself. It was um, a lot of hard work paying off for a lot of people, and uh, it was well-deserved from uh, the top of the organization on downwards. Well, and you, st- you talk about the top of the organization, Kurt Hill, the general manager of the team, knew what he had, and he augmented it throughout the season because he made some key additions here along the way. 
Yeah, no, that's just the thing, right, with with Kurt Hill. He he made um, no bones about it early on in this year. He was all in. Uh, he wanted to be all in for this team because of, of what they hadn't had the opportunity to do the last couple of years. And, um, you know, he, he paid some some high prices for some, some players. But um, you look at the end of the day, Luke Prokop's one of the team's leading scorers in the entire playoffs and in the WHL Championship Series. Caden Gooley wins the WHL uh, MVP for uh, the postseason, and um, it, it was all worth it. Uh, you know, when you, you you raise the trophy at the end of the year, um, you know the, the those moves and you know some of the the assets you gave up for the future. It uh, it doesn't matter as much <laughs> anymore when you you get that trophy. It's it's um, everything that that Kurt Hill put into this team since really day one since he got here back in in 2018. It's it's been building to this moment. Um, he's helped establish the culture. I think of some of the moves he made along the way. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that have fingerprints on this um, from from a player perspective that are no longer with the team. And, you know, it goes back to, to acquiring guys like Vince Lossky-Avo and Quinn Benjafield and Andrew Fighton. And, you know, those guys really did a great job of shaping the the, the Jake Neighbors and the, the Carter Suches of the world um, to, to make them ready for this moment. And, um, yeah, just really great to see. And, and for, for Kurt Hill, um, you know, he, he finally gets his due with uh, his team uh, crown champions. Well, and look, I think we should bring up, and you mentioned players who are no longer with us. And unfortunately, there was a really tragic moment for this team. Uh, 16-year-old center Caleb Reimer was uh, was killed shortly before the season began. And I know that was awful, and his jersey was on the ice last night, and the, the players were, were very... Uh, you know, they, they really wanted to make sure that he was he was remembered in the course of their celebration. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, tip my cap to, to Colby Hay for that. He he really initiated that. The, the Edmonton Oil Kings backup goaltender, who was uh, longtime friends of of Caleb, and yeah, it was a, a tragic start to this year for the Edmonton Oil Kings because you know not only was Caleb a, a good hockey player, but he was a great person, and um, he was a real character on this team last year. And just 16 years old to to come in and make the impression that he did with some of the older guys, it really spoke to the person that Caleb was. And um, obviously the team has, you know, they, they wear the helmet decal for him and they have some other stuff in and around the dressing room. And, you know, it's a, a lot of internal things that they've done this year to, um, you know, keep the memory of Caleb Reimer with them and, and make him a part of this team and a part of this championship. And yeah, it's, you know, and bring a tear to your eyes, just watching uh, Colby Hay skate around with that jersey last night, wrap it around the trophy and, and make sure it was in the team picture because, um, you know, and his mom and dad were in the crowd too. And um, it was just, uh, it was a special moment um, for, for them, for sure, for the team. Um, and, uh, you know, Caleb's been with this team uh, right from the get-go this year. And, and to see, um, you know, his, his jersey out on the ice, that was, uh, that was really cool. And, and again, it's just, um, you know, kudos to, to Colby Hay for, for making that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Peer joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who won the Western Hockey League last night, beating Seattle in Game 6 to claim the championship. Okay, so now it's on to the Memorial Cup, Andrew, which has not been kind to the WHL champions going back several years. Uh, no round-robin victory since 2015. Now, of course, there were there were no tournament the last couple of years. But still, what, like, what do you make of the WHL's drought at the Memorial Cup? Well, look at the WHL Championship Series that was just played, and that's a pretty good indication of why the WHL might struggle. It was so physical out west and um you know it's it's a war of attrition to get through the WHL playoffs and um 
you know, it, it takes a toll on teams. And, you know, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, they've been playing without Dylan Gunther right now and still don't know what his status is going to be for, for next week. But, um, you know, with uh, the, the way things have gone for, for the WHL champions at the Memorial Cup, I, I think it just goes back to the style of play uh, in the Western Hockey League and the travel. I mean, um, you know, the fact that the Edmonton Oil Kings were playing the Seattle Thunderbirds in the, the final, that's, you know, you, you, it's still like a, a three, four-hour flight just to get there, let alone you got teams in the OHL that, you know, it's an hour bus ride to, to get back and forth from, from where they're playing. So um, I, I think it's just a matter of, of the WHL playoffs and the, the, the style that it is that, that really wears on, on some of the players. But at the same time, um, the Edmonton Oil Kings aren't uh, looking too much at the history. They want to go and, and rewrite history as, uh, of course, they are the last team from the WHL to win the Memorial Cup back in 2014. And um, I, I think that uh, if there's any team from the WHL that can end the, the curse at the Memorial Cup, it is this Edmonton Oil Kings team. Okay, so when are you guys leaving? Is that all set yet? Because you play one week from today, right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, they'll open the tournament Tuesday night uh, against the Schwinnigan Cataracts, and uh, the the team will hop on a plane on Saturday and head to uh, St. John, New Brunswick. And then, you know, I think they'll do some pre-tournament stuff on Sunday with, um, you know, coaches, uh, media availabilities and whatnot, and then the tournament gets going on Monday. But, yeah, like you mentioned, Edmonton, uh, first game will be on Tuesday. Okay, and still oilkings.ca, you're going to have all the games? We'll have them, yeah. I'll be there uh, in person to, to cover the games and uh, bring the uh, the broadcast. Of course, the, the games will be uh, on television as well, but uh, for anyone that wants to uh, tune in on the radio, we'll, we'll have the play-by-play. And the games will be, I think, that for the Oil Kings, they're all going to be 7 p.m. Atlantic time, so I think that's a 4 o'clock mountain time puck drop for each game for the Edmonton Oil Kings at the tournament. Okay. Looking forward to it, Andrew. Thank you so much for hopping on the show, man. Have fun. Hey, my, hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Reed. That is Andrew Peart, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oil Kings. So there you have it. They're off the, the Memorial Cup. Got the victory last night to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply claim the Western Hockey League. We're going to check back in with Jeff Merrick when we bring you back to Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. So the Oil Kings off to the Memorial Cup. The Stanley Cup final starts tomorrow. Get game one right here on 630 Chet in this time slot. So no inside sports tomorrow. We'll have the live play-by-play of Tampa Bay at Colorado. Elks game on 630 Chet coming up on Saturday, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. The game starts at 7.30, Elks home opener against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Some special festivities surrounding that from uh, Spirit of Edmonton and Jeff McQuinney, the keeper of the cup. They're going to fill us in on that between 7 and 7.30 tonight. It is always a pleasure to welcome back to the show one of the greats in NHL broadcasting from the Jeff Merrick Show and the 32 Thoughts podcast. It is indeed Jeff Merrick. How are you doing, sir? You read that read exactly as I wrote it. That was very impressive, my friend. 
Yes, thank you. I appreciate that you typed it up and mailed it to me ahead of time. <laughs> Quite flattering. Wow, well done. Uh, hey, Reed, how you doing, pal? Everything good? You're in? Everything is uh, pretty good. I, I'm just, I'm so happy for the Oil Kings, Jeff. And I, oh, sometimes me I've, too. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not happy for the pain that Seattle and the other teams went through. Losing. Seattle's going to be good next year. Hold yeah. on, Seattle's going to be really good next. I know it was tough watching the kids crying on the ice, and I get it. I watch it. Yeah, I, I, I understand it, but that. It sucks for those kids. I get it. But next year, that team is going to be a heavyweight. Yeah, and the Oil Kings, I was just talking about with Andrew Peard, their play-by-play guy. They were expected to do it, and they went out and did it. And that's I, that's not always that easy when you're expected to do it, especially kids that age. But they embraced it, and they took care of business. You know, they really did. And uh, it's an impressive crew. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it sounds simple. Like, okay, just load it up with first round picks, right? Like, you know, uh, Jake neighbors and Sebastian Cosa and Dylan Gunther, like just Luke Prokop trade uh, traded from, from the hitman. Like, it sounds simple, but you're right. Like it always doesn't work. Like it doesn't always work. Rather, like we've seen plenty of ex- uh, of examples uh, in junior hockey. Heck, we've seen it in the NHL as well of junior teams that load up, and you know they look like the the murderers row, and there's no way this team can lose. And then you remember, oh yeah, there's only one puck. And if, you know, everybody wants to play the same way and everybody has to have the pocket, there are going to be problems. Like, I, I, I really got to hand it to, the, to, this, to this entire organization because, you know, just to be blunt, there's a bunch of alphas on that team. Like, there, there really is a bunch of alpha, alphas on that team. And it, it begins with, with Gooley and, go, and goes all the way down. But they're able to keep everything in check and, you know, focus on the team first mentality. And, you know, I, I would have to think um, that they go into the Memorial Cup with all due respect, Hamilton, Windsor, they're off to a game seven tomorrow. Um, you know, for a lot of people's money, they go in as the, uh, as, as the odds-on favorite here. Yeah, well, I, I would think so, and that'll be interesting to watch Hamilton and Windsor tomorrow because Hamilton had not lost a playoff game until they got to the final, right? Yeah, Hamilton's great. I got You know, it's interesting, too, because you know, always wonder sort of what's next. And, you know, this is a year that Steve Steos, the general manager and also co-owner uh, of the Hamilton Bulldogs, went all in. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of conspiracies around Steve Steos right now. And, you know, he, he went all in this year with the Hamilton Bulldogs, brought in Mason McCavish from the Peterborough Peets. Uh, his son, you know, Nathan Steos, uh, defenseman of the year, he's aging out. So, you know, he's going to be signed. Uh, by an NHL team. I think we all expect that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, is there going to be something for for Steve Steos at the NHL level after this season? Now that he's always, he's always got the Bulldogs, you know, as, as, as one of the co-owners in, by, you know, in his hip pocket, you do wonder, uh, you know, could there be something at the NHL level for Steos? And listen, he has the Edmonton ties. That's been well established, and we all know about that. I wonder about, you know, I wonder about Montreal with the uh, the Andlauer family association. That's the, the majority owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Michael Andlauer, minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens. Could there be something there for Steve Steos? Teams have called before. Um, nothing's ever gotten to the serious level with uh, with Steos, but you know, I wonder if this is the moment that that Steos looks to and has the opportunity to make the jump. Ditto for Jay McKee, who's the head coach there, and he's been a coach. I remember he's an assistant with the Erie Otters 
with that legendary, you know, DeBrinket, McDavid, and Dermott, and uh, uh, who else would have been on that team? Uh, Dylan Strome would have been on that team as well. Like he was one of the uh, one of the assistants on that squad. Just had a really distinguished head coaching career in junior hockey with uh, the Kitchener Rangers and and now the Hamilton Bulldogs. I I wonder. I really do. I wonder if he starts once the season is over for Hamilton, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's at the end of the Memorial Cup. I wonder if there's something at the next level now for Jay McKee, former former shot blocking defenseman, as we all remember, Reed. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought those two names up because I I do think that's another storyline. And I mean, you never know, like a connection to the Oilers for Steos, a connection to McDavid for McKee, if the Oilers coaching staff has a couple of changes. And and I certainly expect Uh, that this week or next, we're going to have a Jay Woodcroft and Dave Madsen news conference, but does Gullison, I believe that I believe that, you you know what I mean? So you never know, right? Yeah, you, you, you never know. I mean, a lot of teams are. You know, a lot of teams are going to be trying to fill, not, you know, not just head coaching positions, but assistant coach positions as well. Uh, you, we are you know, always interested in what's happening at the American Hockey League level as well. So I think there's going to be, you know, for someone like Jay McKee, who's really, you know, quote unquote, paid his dues uh, in in, ju- in junior hockey. Um, he's well thought of. He's very well respected. He's a really good coach. You know, there were rumors a couple a couple of years ago that he was going to get the Marlies gig uh, with the Toronto organization as uh, they wanted to, to bring him into the mix after he was done with the Kitchener Rangers. But you know, obviously that that uh, that that didn't happen. But you know, it is it is a really interesting situation, and I'm with you. I, I expect a you know an announcement at some point about uh, about Woodcroft. I mean, I don't need to tell you or any of your listeners how great he was uh, with this Oilers squad. But I, I think that there's. And I think that there's a lot of things that we're curious about with the Oilers, and I think that you know by the end of this week and certainly into next week, I think we'll have some clarity about the direction of this organization and a lot of clarity at a lot of levels. And much of it, as as you well know, revolves around you know the uh, the status of of Paul Coffey. Does he have an official title uh, with the Edmonton Oilers after all of this? Um, and if so. What is that title? That's still one of the one of the great unknowns around Oilers land. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Okay, uh, we're almost into the final minute. I'll keep it Oilers centric. Do they have a chance sure. of bringing Evander Kane back? Uh, it sounds like it'll be expensive if they do. Um, you know the the. The Evander Kane thing is, is right now, um, you know, Edmonton has, you know, has no say in it. Right now, an arbitrator has to rule that, you know, that that he's free and clear or has to go back to the San Jose Sharks. Like, we're still we're still awaiting that. And what a wild scenario that would be. And then at which point, you know, Edmonton would certainly be interested. Um, you know, uh, San Jose would have to eat half of that one. And then Edmonton would have to give something up um, in order to get him. So... I think that Edmonton's interested, but right now I think everybody's just in in wait-and-see mode. That would be one of the craziest scenarios ever, to (laughs) trade for a player you signed as a free agent thinking he was yeah. going to go to free agency and then he went back like that that would just be i don't that's that that would be Forced incredible back if that to happened. his own team by an nhl arbitrator read wild stories in the summer bud oh <laughs> uh, jeff I, so, thank you so much for hopping on i know you're busy i always appreciate oh, no you make time for us man let's do this again soon anytime pal you give me a call anytime
That is Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet uh, rapping on the Memorial Cup, WHL, OHL, and some Oilers thoughts, too. That would be something if Evander Kane got awarded back to the Sharks. Then maybe the Oilers would have to trade for him, and they might get him on a cheaper contract because San Jose would probably have to retain some of his salary. Man, oh, man. Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues up next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.